you here from the ATX. It's the Box of Box Radio Podcast. Back in studio with the crew. I'm your host, Mason Carmichael. With me, as always, to my right, Mr. Travis Carmichael. To my left, Miss Dirt Mazer. And across from me, on the mic, mic'd up, getting amped up, is producer Chris Hernandez. Guys, I'm glad to be back. Sorry to miss last week. Uh, I was a little bit under the weather. But uh, we're, we're getting things sorted. We're getting ready to go now. And I'm, I'm glad that on this Friday afternoon, we can bring you guys some, some great content. Speaking of content, you guys, please follow us on our social media pages. You can hit us up on Twitter at B, the number 2B underscore radio. Facebook is Box to Box Radio. Instagram, Box to Box underscore radio. And of course, the best place to reach us at our email is 90min at boxboxradio.com. We want you to listen to us on multiple devices, multiple streaming services. So we're trying to make it as easy for you as possible. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. And for those of you guys that use Google Play, you're going to have to subscribe to us on your laptop or your desktop first and then find us on your app. It's been a little bit weird. I know I talked to one of our listeners, Travis Bell, a.k.a. Mud Poet, up in Dallas, and he was having a couple issues with our Google Play. That's the only thing. We've been trying to get it figured out, so y'all go ahead and do that first. And then, of course, we're going to have a website up and running here. Ricky Tick, producer Chris, is working on that right now. Hopefully, by this coming week, we'll have it ready and launched and ready to go. Of course, on that website, you'll find exclusive episodes that we will not be releasing on any of our streaming services, so we'll probably do a, a subscription for you there. If you subscribe to our website or our articles or our newsletter, you'll get access to the Death Star sessions, which we recorded with Darth, and then we'll do some other commentaries for you as well. I think we're, we got a, a session coming up with Travis, Darth, and I talking about growing up as an MLS supporter in Texas. So if you guys want to hear stories like that about club culture and rosters and going to games on the weekends. It'll be really, really interesting content to get y'all amped up for 2021 and Austin FC guys. That was a mouthful. I had a lot to say. I wanted to get a lot in glad to be back in studio. Pretty special episode today. One of my uh, favorite ones we're going to do so far. So before we dive in, how are you guys feeling? Good. Excited. There's just so much going on and really exciting time of year. Love transfer time. And we start to realize how, excited you are for the season to start or how much you're dreading it if you're an Arsenal fan, but we'll get there. Yeah. Dirt? I, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk more about women's soccer. It's always a pleasure of mine to get to do that and to get to educate you guys on that. So I'm excited to talk about their English Premier League side. Ooh, yeah. No, it's, it's always good to hear about the women's game. You know, they are prettier, you know, so that's always <laughs> a good thing. And you were doing so well on the mic and then you I just don't know, said mate. that. Hey, they are prettier. I don't know, mate. They are pretty. I've seen some pretty lovely have you locks. Seen, have you seen Bobby Firmino? I don't know. Huh? Bobby Firmino. Has Bobby Firmino seen Bobby Firmino? He likes to do that. Every time he looks, well, <laughs> the when no he look. does <laughs> look in the mirror, his teeth are so white he can't see himself. Fair point. So he's mm. never seen himself smile before. Really interesting there. Hmm. But yeah, guys, glad to have all four of us on the mic. It's a, it's a very lovely and rare occasion when we get to have four of us on the mic. But this week it's necessary because we got a lot to dive into uh, before we get started. Just want to do a little bit of a quick transfer roundup. Got a couple things here. So uh, Matias Delict, of course, announced by Juventus, and they came out today 
and asked him why he chose Juventus. And he said, well, after the Nations League final against Portugal, uh, Ronaldo grabbed him by the ear and said, hey, come play Juventus. And Matisse laughed. And he was like, no, that's absurd. And then, of course, he ends up signing for Juventus. So fame, power, and clout have a lot in influencing players where to sign. So uh, good there for Juventus. I think he'll be a good young center back for them. The only other big one that I have today, uh, and it was announced today, uh, Kieran Trippier, former, or, or, excuse me, former Tottenham man, just signed a deal with Atletico Madrid. On Twitter, I saw a tweet that was pretty funny that's, that called it a FIFA career mode signing, which I thought was really, really funny because it kind of came out of the blue. It was just going for talent, you know, a good old English boy suiting up in La Liga. You don't really expect it. So a lot to keep a, an eye on there for uh, how Trippier is going to be doing. Yeah, also uh, interesting signing today in the Premier League. West Ham signed Howler. Um, oh, yeah, Sebastian Halle. Eintracht Frankfurt for $45 million, and it's it's really cool. We were talking about it earlier off the mic, Mason. Uh, it's crazy to think, like, these these middle clubs are spending what two years ago was top-end money. I mean, 45 million pounds is no no slight money. So that's crazy for a team like West Ham to, to spend that kind of money on a striker. Yeah, I agree, guys. So like I said at the top of the hour, uh, we have a very, very interesting and different show here for you guys. Normally you hear us talk a lot about hard facts of stuff going on in the game. You hear us talk a lot about analysis of games and 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 players and transfers and tournaments and all that. But today we're going to take a step back. The off season is still here. Of course, games for the big European league start up in under a month, August 9th, that weekend, the Premier league kicks back off. So we thought as a crew here, it would be a lot of fun to each lay out our favorite English team. So we have, I'm a Liverpool fan, Travis and dirt are both Arsenal supporters and Chris is a Chelsea fan. So we're, we're going to lay out our roster, some of the ins and outs of our teams, where we think we're headed, the best case and worst case scenario for that. And of course, what we think our 11 is going to be day one. So guys, I'm going to start here with Liverpool. And you guys feel free to chime in with anything that you think I get wrong or any analysis that you have as well. So Liverpool, we're coming off of a dream season. I mean... We won the Champions League. We got second place in the league. I think the only thing I would have changed about last season was getting to to hoist the Premier League trophy. But you can't complain. You're champions of Europe. Uh, we've conquered all of Europe. We're never going to stop. Y'all heard that song over and over again. But I re- legitimately think that the club is in the best place it's been since uh, those golden years in the 90s before the, the Premier League era started. The, the 80s and 90s, those teams with King Kenny and, and Ian Rush. Uh, I think those are some guys that are club legends, but we're starting to have guys emerge as legends. And I've talked about this on the show a lot, but the thing I love about Liverpool now is that it's a destination for players. It's not a stepping stone anymore. It's not somewhere where your Luis Suarez or Fernando Torres are coming and saying, all right, I'll play two seasons in Liverpool. I'll win some, some games and then I'll go off to a bigger club. I'm now excited to say that Liverpool is that bigger club. And we're getting a lot more big name players to stick around because of that. But guys, going into the, the signings that we've made. So Jurgen Klopp was interviewed and they asked him about the possibility of new signings. So, of course, we signed Seth Vandenberg, young center back from the Eredivisie. And he's a guy that's one for the future. 
But other than that, we haven't really signed anybody. And so they, they reached out to Jurgen Klopp and they said, okay, well, who are you planning on bringing in? He's like, well, we basically got three new signings. And the media was so like enamored. They're like, okay, who's it going to be? He's like, oh, well, we got back Joe Gomez, Adam Lallana, and Ox- Oxlade-Chamberlain. So uh, those guys, they're back from injury. So it's basically like having three new players in preseason. So that's not the answer I wanted. I, I would have hoped we would, were going to go out and bolster some of our positions for depth, especially after losing... Dom Solanke, Daniel Sturridge, and Alberto Moreno, all three guys that have contributed minutes when they've been here at Liverpool and all guys that have helped contribute to our trophy runs and guys that are going to be hard to replace, especially uh, Daniel Sturridge, I think is one of those hardest ones to to replace his minutes. But Devakarigi just signed a long-term contract extension. He signed a five-year deal with Liverpool. It's going to keep him in red for the foreseeable future. And I think you, you have those signings coming back, especially Oxlade-Chamberlain and Joe Gomez. They're going to push for minutes in the first 11, which I'm very, very excited about. So I think the ceiling for this team cannot be anything less than winning the league. I think they have the players. We have the, the momentum. We have a great manager. We have depth. We have competition. We got guys that are stepping up. We have Ryan Brewster back as well, who's a youngster to keep an eye on. He's a, a winger uh, or a striker that'll play in the team a little bit this year. So I think that winning the league is a possibility. And then, of course, doing the double for Champions League, going back and getting another repeat there. I think we're strong contenders in Europe. And that's if Mane, Salah, and Firmino all stay healthy and Devakarigi is contributing again. Uh, guys, I think our floor for Liverpool is, and this is something I don't think is... Super possible, but I think it, it can happen, and it is a reality that uh, Liverpool might flirt with a Europa League spot. I think that's the lowest they'll get. I think that, and that of course is a fifth place finish. I think fifth place in the league is about the lowest they'll get. But realistically, I don't see them finishing outside of the top three. So I think that'll kind of be the worst. And that that's if Mane, Salah, Firmino go one of the or two of them go down with long term injuries or Virgil van Dijk is unable to go for, for most of the season, I think that's where you'll see Liverpool slip. And in all honesty, that's the one position I think that Liverpool needs some depth in is center back. So we'll keep an eye out there. I think that Liverpool's in, in a very good spot, one of the best spots they've been in a long time. I think realistically the, the worst they would do despite just just like a world-ending injury where like everyone gets injured or something, I think third, I think maybe Tottenham could pass them, maybe. Um, I think obviously you're correct on the ceiling is to win, win the Premier League and maybe the Champions League again. But I, I think that I would have liked to seen. I think Joe Gomez is very good, but potentially see another center back. I yeah. think you guys, if you guys would have signed Delict, that would have been ideal. Um, but Klopp is very smart, so maybe he's got a, a plan. Um, and then obviously a fourth player to kind of rotate into that front three from a better quality. Cause my only concern is that city's consistently getting better and getting better and signing people and Liverpool have a very good squad, but they didn't really sign that kind of that player to take them to the next level. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's been rumors of people wanting um, Felipe Coutinho to come back to Liverpool. And I, for one am not about that. I agree. I, I, agree. I think he would do nothing but ruin our chemistry. He's not really a guy that would fit in Klopp system. So He's a guy that I don't want back. But to kind of end the Liverpool section here, I think our starting lineup is going to be very, very similar to what you saw last season. So I think day one, we're going to run out uh, Alisson and goal, which, by the way, he was an immense signing for Liverpool last season. I think 
He was our second best player behind uh, Virgil van Dyke. He was incredible. Back four of Alexander Arnold, Matip, Van Dyke, and Robertson. I think our midfield, you're going to see Fabinho, Henderson, and either Wijnaldum or Milner. It's kind of a toss up for me. I'm going to give Wijnaldum the edge here because James Milner just turned 33. Oxlade Chamberlain's got to come back and get more game fitness before I plug him into the 11. But I think it'll be those three of uh, Henderson, Fabinho, and Wijnaldum. Where does where does Keita fit in for you? Uh, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's he's a guy that rotates in off the bench. I think, in all honesty, if you look at our midfield depth, I think he's number six on the depth chart right now. That's fair, but you have six top players for three top spots, but there's so much football to be played that yeah, all six he'll play. of them will get a lot of minutes. So. Yeah, they'll rotate the squad. That's what I really like, and that's why I like our front three, too. So I think it's going to be Mane, Firmino, and Salah to start. The only thing I would keep an eye out on if I were you guys watching Liverpool play, keep an eye out for Firmino's production. If Firmino is kind of sluggish and not doing too hot at the beginning of the season, I really, really think that that's Devakarigi's job to win. And I think he's a guy that can come out hungry and take that starting striker role. Do you think Devakarigi, do you think that's a good re-signing? I, I really do. I think he's a guy that it, he has potential to be a starting striker for Liverpool. So let's say Firmino is either out of form or injured. He's a guy that I'm not upset with having as our starting striker. And he's also a guy that's got time on his side, too. Like, he's he's 24 years old, young guy, signed a contract extension. He's he's hungry. He comes in. You can bring him off the bench when you need a goal. He gives you flexibility, too, so you can drop Firmino in the hole and play him as a number 10, and you can have Origi up front if you want to do that, if you're playing a more attacking lineup. And I, I think he's a great signing for Liverpool. He can play on the wing. He can play down the middle. And he, he just he's a clock player. I don't know, man. I just feel like whenever it comes on, the level severely drops. I would have liked to seen you guys get... Tell that to Barcelona. Maybe, yeah, okay. That's great and all, but... Tell that to Tottenham. I mean, okay. He scored in the Champions League final. Yo, I understand that. The level didn't drop when he came onto the field. But if you look at... I'm not looking... Like, if you look at... If he plays a 90-minute game consistently, I think he has moments where he's very good, but I don't think he's as consistent as, like, a Firmino or, yeah. or any of the front three. And that's, that's my thing, right? Like, I... If... If the ideal scenario happens, he's a guy that you bring off the bench. We need a goal. That's that's the role I want him to have. But I'm saying that I think his ceiling is a starting caliber Premier League striker. And I think that if Firmino slips a little bit and Origi's given a chance, Origi will take it by the haunches and and ro- roll with it. So I, I think he's, he's going to be a good player for us this season. So a lot of the times the board members – or these teams, they make decisions based on where they want to be on tables, where they want to be in certain competitions. Do you think that the that the board members over at Liverpool are thinking all of it, or just we want to win two of the two of the main competitions, meaning the Premier League and the UEFA Champions League? Do you, or like I said, do you think that they would go after all of it, or do you think that they would just focus on two of them? I think they're going to go after all. I think I think Liverpool's a club where there's a culture there of excellence and a culture of effort as well. So I don't think the board is one to go look at Jurgen Klopp and say, "Hey, Jurgen, you know we really, really want to win a league this year, so we want you to make that your focus." So rest players, and I think if Jurgen Klopp was told that in a board meeting, he would he would laugh as he walked out of the room because he's not going to do that. He's going to, 
he's going to give his players the best chance to succeed, and he'll, of course, rotate the squad a little bit, but he's not going to slouch. And, but and that's why I ask, because the rotation rotation is a big deal. Yeah, and, and I think he did – this past season was a testament to how well he's able to ro- rotate the squad, and with several injuries in the squad, he was still able to manage rotation. The only player I feel like that didn't get – a break during the season was Virgil van Dyke. And that's because oh, our yeah. center back corp was so, so thin. Well, and that, and I bring this up because I know that Chelsea, you know, they just needed to be in the top. Well, they just needed to be in the champions league again. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that it was kind of the same thing with Arsenal. You know, they just needed to be in a European competition. I'm sure that they did. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. And so you, pr- you prioritize games exactly. that'll get you there. But <laughs> with Liverpool, I think they have the luxury of having won a major trophy this last season. Mm-hmm. So, they can go out there and compete and take more risks because their fan base is not going to be upset because they won the Champions League last year. And so they can go out. They're not expected this year to bring home a lot of silverware because if they go out there and they they take risks and they play well and they don't come home with a trophy at the end of the season, it's going to be more forgiven than if they had not won the Champions League last year. Yeah. Yeah, so... Again, guys, after all of these, uh, we want to hear your reactions and your thoughts. If you think that our opinions are terrible, like please let us know. But that's that's my analysis as a 10-plus-year Liverpool fan of the state of the club and what I'm expecting to see from this club. So, Travis Carmichael, a bit of a different story for your club, Arsenal. Very much so. So, kind of give us a look behind the curtain of the Gunners and what we can expect this season for the men's side. Can't expect much. Um <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's confidence right there. No, yeah. look, I mean this is this half, is this half is half empty kind of guy right no, now. No, this is this is the problem because you can say you want to be positive, but after a decade of nothing, you can't really be positive. So look, a lot of a lot of Arsenal's problems were masked under Arsene Wenger because it was it was Wenger's fault. Wenger's fault. He's too old, he has to go. But there are a lot of problems. But the reality of the of, of the situation is so Stan Kroenke is obviously the owner. And his son, Josh Kroenke, after a lot of criticism, there's been a petition signed by a ton of Arsenal supporters groups saying Kroenke out, sell the club. And he came out and said, you know, hey, thanks for your support. We adamantly disagree that we're not going anywhere. We have a, the problem is we have a UEFA Champions League salary on a Europa League budget. And we are not in contention for the next world ranking striker or, or world best players, but we're going to go try to find the new be- next best thing and, and keep them in Arsenal, which is a little bit. I mean, it's it's this, the lack of silence is good. I'm glad he's finally saying something, but I mean, it's shocking for those of you that don't know how how it works in terms of transfer. So with the fin- financial fair play rule, you cannot spend more money than you bring in than you're paid in. So you can't just come in with $200 million and be like, hey, I have it in my pocket. I'm going to spend it. It doesn't work like that. So if you don't make Champions League, which Arsenal have not, the difference in payout, you get about one-sixth the money if you're a Europa League team versus a Champions League team. That's how big the pay is. And you have Ozil, who's on 350 a week. Um, you have all these contracts that you can't get out of. So the transfer budget for Arsenal is about 40 which is not good. Mustafi wants out, can't really sell him. Ozio wants out. We're having a hard time getting rid of him. So it's it's just very difficult. They're linked with some players. Um, they're linked with a bunch of young center backs that may or may not get the job done. One out of Olympiacos. Obviously, a couple out of Dortmund, um, including, including Zagadou, which I like, but he's very young. Don't know if he's going to get the job done. Um, obviously, Weigel as well. Something that you brought up the other day was uh, Koscielny. 
Yeah. You know, he's not even wanting to go out and play. And and I I did understand what you were saying the other day when, you know, it, it can be a problem. You know, I'm sure that it is a whole age thing and he doesn't want to be out there just wasting his, his energy. But at the same time, I think that it, it, if there is nobody there to recruit anybody else, you know, like, for example, you have people like Delict that was recruited by Cristiano Ronaldo. There's nobody on Arsenal's team that can actually go out and say, hey, come and play with us. Because you have people like Ozil that aren't playing. And I'm not saying that they're not playing, but they're just not putting any effort out on the field. Then Koscielny, his attitude based on what the media says. And then you have players that uh, that they can't get out of contracts. I think it's a, it's really tough for you guys right now. Yeah, and more on the Laurent Koscielny situation. So it's I heard the show that you guys did on Monday about Lauren Koscielny, and that's part of the issue is that, you know, he's old. He doesn't really want to to go out and play in preseason. It's also a, a contract year for him, and so he's trying to decide what his future is going to look like. My – what I've heard and what I've read about uh, Lauren Koscielny is that, look, he's 33 years old. He's got a couple more years left of his career. He wants to retire in France. And yep. so he wants to go to France. He's trying to force a move to France because there is no new contract. He's in, he's in the last year of his deal, which I'm surprised Arsenal let it get to this point because I think he was one of their top performers in the back line last season. Couldn't stay healthy, though. Yeah, that's true. So that comes with age. I was just yeah. about to say that. If, if you're not offered a new deal, there's no guarantee of you finding a new club next season that will pay you the same amount that you're making now. So... Why not go when there's a market for you? And so I think that's his whole thing is he wants to go play for a team in France, maybe a mid-table league on a team, and finish his career out in his, in his home right. country. So I think he'll I think he'll go in January. I don't think he'll go in the summer, but definitely some big problems there. Again, we need center backs. We don't have center backs that are young and good. Rob Holding is supposed to be the great white hope, and I think he's going to be great, but he's coming back from from injury, so we don't know. Do you um, does Arsenal even have a leader right now? That's what he's trying to find. We don't have a captain. That's what I was going to oh, bring up yeah. too for yeah. you I mean, guys. True. Is so Arsenal last season had three captains, right? They had a main captain in Kashelny. Uh, they had Petr Cech was their s- second captain, and, and he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. And Granite Shaka was their third captain. So it's being reported that Granite Shaka will be given the armband this season at Arsenal. So I, I want to be, see how you feel about that. I have no problem with that. I do like Shaka. I think he's leveled out since he got there. I think when he was playing in Germany, he was a lot more red card prone. But I think it's going to be Granite Shaka, or my other choice would be Socrates, would be Socrates, um, just from the age and the veteran, the experience. But Granite Shaka is my first choice. But what about Nacho Monreal? No, he's not going to play enough, I don't think. Or at least I hope not. Um <laughs> Look, but it's it's a, it's a poor state we're in. I mean, Ramsey's gone for free. How do you let a $40 million player walk for free? From that your just, academy, too. I know, and I just it's bad business. But we just don't have money to bring people in unless we offload, and we're not going to offload. I mean, you have Zaha. The offer for 40 was rejected. They want 80. We're not going to get Wilfred Zaha. Do we really want Wilfred Zaha? Not really. Yeah, you guys don't um, need another striker. We need another winger, I think, but not even close not, to where we no. need a center back. Uh, Everton, who is the golden boot winner from Brazil from the Copa America, is looking to come in for about 30-35. I think that would be a very good signing. I do too. But I do think we have bigger priorities. But I just think that 
it's 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 one of those things too. You look at we have a lot of kids coming in off of back from loan, uh, you, or, or that are kind of coming up. You have Maitland Niles who was very good last season. You have Willick who was also really good at the end, played in the Europa League final and was a bright spot. Uh, Emery Rowe coming back off loan from Germany. Um, and Ketia as well is really good. Mm, Ketia yeah. as well. And then uh, there was one more who went to loan for Schalke. I can't remember his name. But he was he was good. He was scoring goals. I think he uh, Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson. Yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah, he yeah. was scoring goals for sure. So, but look, if we don't get a center back, we're in trouble. So I think personally, Arsenal is going to line up like this. Um, I think he liked to tactically play the three four three. So I think it's going to be. I would play at the moment until we have another center back. I'm not going to start Mustafi. Kashelny's going to be out, so I'm going to play. I'm going to play Rob Holding, assuming he's helping at the right center back. I'm going to play Socrates down the middle, and I'm going to play Granite Shaka actually as a left center back. Really, no yeah. Monreal? Nope. I'm going to play Kalasenak at the left. I'm going to play Hector Bellerin, who's been back and healthy on the right hand side. I I think, and you've been supporting Arsenal for longer, so you can tell me. I think Maitland Niles is an upgrade. I'm getting there. The wing back. Yes, I agree, but I'm not going to play him there. I'm going to play him in the middle next to Torreira because he's naturally a center midfielder. Okay. And I think that if you start to move him inside, he can run forever. He's good on the ball. He works hard. I think him and Torreira, look, at this point, we are not the Arsenal of old. You cannot have a ball player in the middle or you're going to get annihilated. If you try to play out, you're going to get destroyed. You have to have a no-nonsense, hardworking kid who can run and put tackles in. So I think him and Torreira can play in the middle. I think that you would play, obviously, your your two saviors. Leno's going to be in goal because we don't really have another goalkeeper. Ospina went back to Napoli. Petr Cech retired. So I think um, Emiliano might be the backup goalkeeper. I have no clue, to be honest. It's not looking good. But the front three have to be, unless we sign Everton, I'd say uh, Aubameyang on the left, Lacazette down the middle, and Iwobi on the right because he's, he's looked decent, scored a Absolute cracker of a goal in the Europa League final, but obviously Danny Welbeck leaving the club as well. So it's just it's it's tough times at Arsenal. So I I, I hear eleven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that realistically they're not gonna play Granite Shaka as a they center back. No, they'll, they won't. They'll start him and Torreira in the middle together. Yep. They'll probably start Maitland Niles on the right over yep. Bellerin. Where's Mesut Ozil? Oh, he's been missing for a long time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know if the first two weeks he makes my 18, to be honest. Really? Like, I just, I think you just have to send a message to him. I think, I think Mkhitaryan's good. I think Mkhitaryan can come off the bench, but what, if you, if he, if, and Unai Emery has been known to play a 4 through 3, he's been known to play a 3 4 3 as well, depending on the game, depending on the tactics, but which don't get me wrong, Unai Emery, I love Unai Emery. I think he's the right man for the job. I'm really excited about him, but. Where do you play him? I think you you can... You can't play him wide. He's not going to work hard enough. So, that's, that's what I was going to say as well. So, if you play... And this is what they started in the, the Europa League final. They actually played a 3-4-1-2. And they had him at the 10. And they had Aubameyang and Lacazette line up next to each other. I think that's the only place you can fit. But then again... Right. Awobi's not on the field. Right. But also, are we good enough to defensively play with 10 players? I think the answer is no. I think defensively, we're not good enough. So we have to have all 11 defend. And he's not going to defend. He's barely going to go forward. So if he's on the ball, he's brilliant. But he's a luxury player in the truest sense of the word. And that's that's what makes me think that they're not going to line up in a back three. I think they'll play a 4-5-1 four, four, or 4-2-3-1. They'll have 
Iwobi, Ozil, and Obama Yang as the the midfield three there, and Lacazette up front. You have Torreira and Xhaka, and then you'll have Holding and Socrates as the center backs. Maitland Niles on the right, Kalasinac on the left. I could see it. Like I said, it, it depends tactically. He did. I, I mean, Unai Emery did do something very well, and it was he tactically adjusted. I think the only game he got wrong was the Europa League final because yeah. um, he had Ozil, Manmark, Jorginho, which is a poor decision. But every other game I felt tactically he did really well in, and he switched it depending on the tactics. I think that when you look at how well they're going to do and how poorly they're going to do, the ceiling for this team realistically is fourth place. I think if we get fourth place, it's a miracle. And that would be, it's possible because Chelsea and, and United could both catch flame and, and just sponca- spontaneously combust. Yep. How, that's, however, that's all you're waiting for. It's possible. I mean, at this yeah. point, we need all the luck we can get. I think realistically, the more likely situation is they finish close to the, the, the floor of that. And that's going to be, I, I think, 10th. Wow. Really? Think about it. So think about it. I mean, you have the top four. Right. So you have you have the top four. Let's put Man U or Chelsea at but I mean, four. That means that you're putting like Le- teams like Leicester. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah. So you put the top four, say Man U gets fourth, Chelsea fifth, Arsenal would be up there normally. So six, you could have Everton, Leicester, okay. West Ham, Wolves, West Ham. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'd be stunned if Bournemouth finished above this, but Burnley, I think, mm, uh, Burnley finishes above us. You but said there's realistically, Wolves. West Ham, I don't think West Ham will finish above us. Possible. Wolves, Everton, and Leicester. Those maybe. are, that's, that's three really big probability or possibilities. So I think the state of the club is not very good. And I, like I said, I, I believe wholeheartedly in Unai Emery, and they hope, I hope they support him and give him a chance because the last thing you want is if we aren't successful for them to blame yeah. him because I do like him a lot. And gives you an idea. Back in back in the 2015 and 2016 season, Chelsea ended up in 10th. So, and they, they weren't as bad. Yeah. Yeah, and but I, I honestly think this team has too much talent to drop that low. I could see like a 6th or 7th place finish. I think Emery will... will We'll put him up a little exactly. higher than that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, one guy that before we we move on to to dirt, uh, one guy that I think that you failed to mention that's been linked with you guys for uh, all summer is uh, is Kieran Tierney, the left back from Celtic and from Scotland, and he's a guy that I think is pretty affordable for you guys too. Do you think he provides an upgrade, and could he play Absolutely. center back as well? No, he can't play center back, um, but he can definitely play left back. He could play left midfielder, even he could potentially even in a pinch play in the middle of, of midfield, center of midfield. You're looking at a kid that has gone about as far as he can go for Celtic, and he's he's very good. I think he's very similar to Maitland-Niles in the fact that he's disciplined. He can defend well 1v1. He works hard. He can run forever. He's fast as all get out. I think that would be an unbelievable signing. But are we going to do it? I don't know. And we did sign that Brazilian kid who looks pretty good, but – yeah, he's, he's one for the future, future, yeah. future. Scored against Colorado Rapids. Looked great, but in five years, he's going to be really good. But right, you just in the next time. two years, no. maybe not. No. Yeah, and I, I think Kieran Tierney, you know, the last left back from Scotland that they put in the, the Premier League just won the Champions Andy League. Robo. So, and um, uh, I, I'm going to, I think the, the key player for Arsenal this season to watch is going to be Guendouzi as well. 
Yeah, I, I think, think that's a that's a good player to watch. He's twenty. He's a holding midfielder. He's, he's about, adjusted already to the prem. Mm-hmm. He's about six foot one. He can, you know, we'll see if he can if he can make a mark. Yeah. So now we're gonna hop over to the other side of Arsenal. We're gonna go to the Arsenal ladies who Heck yeah, we are. have been having a much better time <laughs> at the club than the men have. So Dirt, kind of fill yes, us in have. on what's going on with Arsenal. All right. So I'm just gonna give you guys kind of a couple of facts. For those of you who haven't watched this side of the Premier League, um, the women's side, we're FAWSL, which stands for Women's Super League. Um and so we're not technically called English Premier women's side. There's no like it's just women's super league, which I think is really cool. Um, we've got 12 teams in this league, and uh, although we've been around for a while, this is our 34th season, which I think is pretty cool. As oh wow! Arsenal. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's That's a long brilliant. it's long standing, right? Um, so those of you who don't know much about this side of um, the women's soccer game, this is Heather O'Reilly's ex team. She was an Arsenal player for us. Now she's in NWSL. I think she's moving on to other things in her career, but this was her team. And Alex Scott also, who retired as a defender, she was an English player. Um, you've seen in several World Cups and stuff like that. So this is this is their team. Um, we ended last season as WSL champs, which is pretty awesome for us. Um, yeah, Arsenal's getting a win somewhere. Love it. We won some kind of we trophy. We did something. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's something. <laughs> it's something. Hey. You don't get to talk Europa League. I'll um, punch you. Hey. Ouch. Hey, it, it goes in the trophy cabinet in the Arsenal building. It's true. That's what counts. I wasn't making fun of it. I hate you. I wasn't <laughs> making fun of it. I hate you. You guys talking about trophies? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, we hate him right now. That's fair. Yeah. Sorry, Mace. Anyway, yeah. Give him the wooden spoon. Sorry. Um, Travis gets to keep it. Anyway, so um, current season, we don't start until September, so it's we've got some time to kill. We're in preseason right now. We're holding first as champs. Um, right now, we are um, we were sitting at 54 points last season, which is great. That's uh, 12 more than second place. So, Holy cow. So I think even for us, um, ceiling-wise, I think, first like we've got I think back-to-back champs would be great for us um I think we can do it um I don't know if you guys know but we just lost our starting keeper um Van Vinendal you guys saw her as the Dutch goalkeeper in the Women's World Cup and on top of that Bloodworth um she was a midfielder for also the Dutch national team so you've you've seen her play you've seen both of them play um we're not entirely sure where our goalkeeper is going yet she hasn't re-signed but um, Bloodworth is going to Wolfsburg. I think she wants to play in a different league. She wants to do something different. So that's good for her. Um, but those are our only two transfers out for this season. We've got four transferring in, a lot from Manchester United um, on the Women's League, which is pretty cool. I think oh. that helps our game just a little bit. Um, tactically, there were a lot of midfield players are transferring for us. So I think that's pretty cool. Another cool fact for us is 14 of our members got called up for the Women's World Cup. So... If if you're wondering what kind of team we are, how we play, what our what our standard is, I mean, fourteen of us got called up. Yeah, sounds like Leon. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. that's true. I think floor for us is maybe fourth or fifth. If just like everything goes terribly, I think we are a top team. I think even if things go poorly, we're not going to end in the bottom half of this league. There are only twelve teams. I don't think we're going to end up in the bottom six. I just don't think it's possible. And. Our season starts in September, so I think right now we're dealing with a couple ACL injuries, which is really unfortunate for us, but they aren't key starting players, so that's okay. I did mention that we're going to lose uh, Venendal, uh, so we have to find a new starting keeper. I think it's going to be the French goalkeeper from Pauline. She's a backup keeper. She was in the World Cup. That'll be great for us. It's a lot of you know German players who play for this team, and so we've got, I think, Mayer and um, Timi. They both played in the Women's World Cup. They're really young. They're 26 and 27. I think they'll be our starting center backs for us. Uh, Williamson at the outside back position and Arnst 
we just signed her last year and she's been a great player. So that's good for us. Just curious, the yeah. keeper. Mm-hmm. Why is she? But Endel? Yeah, why is she leaving? I have no idea. They haven't really said anything. They haven't said, like, nobody's made a statement of like, hey. I mean, I she's don't. only she's only 29 years old. Correct. So I think kinda... I think she's looking for something else. I think she may come play over here in the NWSL just to get experience, but she's coming off a World Cup win. Maybe that's something that she just doesn't want to jump right back into things. I'm not entirely sure. And so maybe maybe that's it. If there's if anything comes up, I'll I'll definitely let you guys know um, mm-hmm. on a different pod. So I'm just I'm really excited for the season to start. I don't think there's a lot of things to be said right now about the women's side. Um, which is unfortunate. There's not a lot of transfer deals. It doesn't go on like the men's side. You don't hear them all the time. Um, so if anything is done, it's done in secret, and yeah. it's just not well advertised. But I hope you guys check Arsenal out. I think it will be cool to see who our keeper becomes. Yeah, I got I got one question for you before sure. we move on from the Arsenal ladies. Yeah. So, Leon, right? Chris brought it up about uh-huh. how they had, I think they were the cl- club with the most players competing at the Women's World Cup. I think Cup. somebody here mentioned that they had won the Champions League yeah, as well. That's, that's, they yeah, they had. Thank you for yeah. the segue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's great. They segue. just won the Women's <laughs> Champions League. Do you think that's feasible this season for the Arsenal ladies? Hmm. That's a great question. I think it is if we get things together and preseason, we take preseason to figure it out. I think we have the time and we're going to play some great teams in preseason, but I think if we figure it out and we get a system down that works for us, even with Bloodworth and um, Venendal leaving, I think we can figure it out. Yeah. When, when the Arsenal ladies win the Champions League final. Right. We'll go celebrate because okay. I'll I'll be I'll be there with Liverpool. You'll be there with Arsenal. It'll be we'll great. Be a grand time. Travis can Travis will be there too. I'm gonna burn the building down. Yeah, Chris Chris will be outside. <laughs> Chris won't be anywhere. Chris will be sad drinking. We'll all be happy. They'll drinking. be sad. They got relegated. Yeah. Okay. What? All right. That's a great segue onto Chelsea though. Yeah. So <laughs> producer Chris again. I think he owns a million blue T-shirts, guys. He's wearing his blue blue wore, T-shirt again. He wore gray last time. He did. If you I squint, if you squint, there's a blue. There's a little black. bit of a hue. Yeah, a hue, a hue of blue. Yeah, there you go. You have so, to squint. PC, tell us about the club that you love. If I told you everything, it put you to sleep because you know how they are. They're boring, boring Chelsea. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, they uh, they're bringing it back a whole bunch of guys from from loan. That's kind of the only thing. That looks good. Other than that, it just doesn't look good for the club as a whole, you know, uh, just in general. Well, I, I disagree with that. I think you guys... And I'm not saying that it's bad, but as, a, as an yeah. organization, things are not going well. And I'm talking about upstairs. Yeah, I'm not talking so about Roman Abramovich. Roman Abramovich, you know, the whole transfer ban, all of that. Just in general, it's not, it's not a good thing, so... Yeah, yeah, and by upstairs, you mean in Russia, because he's not allowed in the country. He's, uh, he's in Israel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. He's not in London. That's all that matters. He can't be in England or the UK. Yeah. But I think, I think, you know, a positive, and you're probably going to dive into this too, is um, I wanted to really, really get your thoughts on, on Frank Lampard. I think because he has played at the top level that he knows what it takes and he knows when he sees a player out on the field, he's going to say, he's putting a hundred percent. He's not. He's playing in the position the way I want him to, and this player isn't. I think that he can see that. I think that that's one of the things that he can see. Other than that, Travis over here uh, one day said he wasn't proven yet, and I totally understand that. I personally don't think he is proven yet, but I do think 
that he is a good fit, you know, for a club that is going through this transition. I think that they can all learn together. I think that he can learn how to uh, manage, you know, at that top level. I think that he can manage a bunch of kids. There's a lot of guys that come from uh, are coming back from loan. So I think that, you know, when he puts it all together, I think that it's going to look good. And I think that, you know, floor, I don't think that they're going to get nine or 10, like, like you think Arsenal will get, but I do think that the floor is at least Europa league. That's the worst. I, I think that, that he will do a good enough job to keep them within at least the top five. Uh, I don't think that there's enough bad talent on the team. And I don't think that there's a bad vibe on the team either that, uh, that the team is just going to do terrible. So I think, that Chelsea did, um, they did they did good business before they were not allowed to do good business. So they signed, they did. They signed Pulisic, which was a good signing. But mm-hmm. also they signed Olivier Giroud, which was a good deal. And then you mm-hmm. paid a lot of you paid a lot of money for him, but you had to sign him in, in Kovacic yep. uh, from Real Madrid. I mean, you paid over forty million for him, which is a little steep. But I mean, your hands were tied; you had to buy him. Yep. So I think it was it was good business. And they and, sent and, and we'll, they sent Inguain away. Yeah, and and I mean, we'll just. He might come to West Ham. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see how they do. I, I do think Frank Lampard's going to be very good. I just don't think he has experience. And I actually wanted to to share with you guys a quote he had today. So they they interviewed him. Uh, it's been his first full week of preseason for Chelsea. And I want to share this with you. There's going to be some things in there that, Chris, you are really going to like. And Travis, you're going to like some stuff in here, too. So uh, he said, I watched a lot of Chelsea last year under Mauricio Sarri. In terms of the way that the season finished to win the Europa League and secure Champions League football, it was a successful season. But for me, the story is not to look backwards. I know the club very well. I know the players very well. I have my own way that I want to work with the players. And I have to say in one week that we've been training, I've been very happy with the attitude and the quality of the players. My job now is to work hard in preseason with them. I like my teams to play with a lot of energy and speed with and without the ball. So I want to win it back as quickly as we can. We have the ball. I want to move the ball quickly and create chances and win games and feel like we are playing football that we enjoy. So that is my job for now. I think I've inherited very good players. We can't bring any players in this year. We know that, but I don't need new players. I am very happy with the squad and determined for us to be successful. And Seton, that almost sounds like something that Klopp would do, you know, with the squad that he had. You know, I'm talking about he didn't he didn't go in and just, you know, clean house. You know, he worked with what he had, you know, and he still did a really good job. And I'm not comparing them to the two. Yeah, but no, I'm just I think, saying I think there's something to be yeah, said about both yeah. both sides doing good business. And yeah. I think Liverpool has done good business that I mean, sets him up for the future for a long time and revolutionized the club. But no, I think Lampard from a managerial standpoint, every time I've seen him in front of a microphone has said the exact right spot on thing. Yeah. So whether whether he is going to be good or not, we're, a time will tell. But he says the thing that makes you like, oh, like I, I, I man, like he's saying the right thing. Like he's, I think he's going to. You be start really to good. believe. Yeah. Like and if he, I was a Chelsea fan, yeah. I have confidence. And yeah. he's genuine about it too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like he's putting on this facade right. of I'm going to be this character that's going to come out say all the right yeah. things. He's he doesn't give me the politician vibe that a lot of managers yeah. do. So like. Jose Mourinho press conferences, right? When he's saying all the things are going to go well, they're going to go right, he's not believable because he's a guy that you can't really get behind. But, like, you want – I, as a Liverpool fan who was tormented by Chelsea in the mid-2000s because of this man in particular, 
I want him to succeed. I want him to do well at this club, and I think he will. As far as my lineup, Jorginho doesn't make it. Really? Nope. Not, right. with, not, under, not? not under Lampard. And I, not I, under I Lampard. I say, I don't think Lampard will like exactly. him very much. Not and, even and, as like a 10? No. And this is why. Because if you, if you watched Jorginho last season, Jorginho didn't track back fast enough. Now, he would track back, but it wasn't fast enough. And also, they would get around him really easily. So it looked really bad for him on a defensive uh, on a defensive front. So Lampard has played that position, and he did a amazing job. He, he did it from box to box. Hey, so, hey. There you go. That's right. Everybody so, drink. There you go. So, uh, so when it comes down to a player that he wants in the midfield because he knows what it takes to be in the midfield, it's going to be Kante in the midfield, and that's going to be easy. And mm-hmm. I think that what he's going to do is he's going to play with uh, hopefully when you know Loftus-Cheek comes back, he'll probably put him somewhere in the middle. I don't know where. Uh, but uh, Kovacic, I think that just because he's been playing on the left-hand side, uh, he's going to put him there again. I think that uh, Ross Barkley, he may put him in uh, just because they're used to playing with each other. Not necessarily, you know, that they're the, the best talent on the field, but just because they've played with each other, you know. And so I think Pulisic will, you know, be on the left-hand side. I think that, uh, you know, William and Pedro will probably interchange, you know, as as they do because of their age, you know. And I think that uh, Giroud will probably be at the top as before, you know, just because you know, there's nobody else. You know, Bachuai, he's young, he is semi-proven. He can't really put it in the back of the net, and sometimes he disappears. So, but as far as the back line, I think that Zuma should come back into uh, the center back role. Get rid of Luis Rudiger, and uh, Zuma would be fantastic in the middle. And then uh, on the left hand side, I think that uh, Emerson has re- is a lot faster. And, you know, I, I think that uh, with Alonzo, he has the talent, but he's just not fast enough to track back when he's all the way up. And Emerson can. And on the right side, my man. Davey. That's right. <laughs> Ospiliqueta. Ospiliqueta. So uh, it's going to, the, the midfield, I, I really don't have a, a set, you know, uh, a, a set piece for anybody. Yeah. But, you know, as far as, as far as the rest of it, I think that's kind of what it'll look like. And, and going off that, I think one of the greatest things about Lampard is every time he's been asked, he's specifically been asked, will you play Conte as a six? Will you play so-and-so in this position? And he always says the same thing. I will not discuss lineup. I will not discuss who I will play where. I'm excited to work with Conte. He's one of the best players in the world. So I think the opening lineup on day one is going to be a mystery, and that's going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do really, really enjoy your Emerson take. I think he was the better left back at the end of last season. He was. I think. Yeah, because Marcus Lonzo can't defend. No, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's it. I think Soft. that Emerson just offers you a little bit more going forward, um, and I think that he's really, really got a fire under him too. Because Italy is kind of clearing house with all of their international players, and that left back spot is a big question mark. I mean, and, they've been and, playing right backs there and, for a long time. And here's another thing: on the left hand side, you just lost Hazard. So if you lose a guy like that, you're going to need somebody that can run. So Alonzo can run, but it's not the same as Emerson. Yeah, it, it is nowhere close. But uh, I agree. Uh, I also like you plugging Kurt Zuma in the lineup. I think him or Alex Christensen will start because I do agree. I don't think 
David Luiz will, no. will get a run out at that center back position. I think he'll be one of the guys that comes off the bench and, and a good locker room guy to have. He'll be the uh, League Cup and the um, and the FA Cup guy. Yeah. That, that's my take on, on Chelsea. Hopefully they do well. Yeah, I agree. Guys... But, uh, I may have to text your your dad, Darth. Oh yeah, we'll get Darth on, uh, on the uh, United yeah. take United from the oh, Death Star. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's we we open up with them on the on the first week. So That'll I'm be excited. A fun game to watch. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You get the you got Frankie Lampard, Super Frank Lampard versus the Babyface Assassin. The Babyface Assassin. Yeah, your <laughs> your your ticket guarantees you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. So. Um, <laughs> Wow. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, guys, I believe that's all the time that we have for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening in to our mad ramblings on the clubs that we love. We hope that uh, in the future we get to do more stuff like this, and hopefully you guys will reach out and say, hey, I'm a Wolverhampton supporter, and I want you guys to do an analysis on Wolverhampton so that I can argue with you. Or even better, write in your analysis of your own club, and we will share your opinions and your emails on the show. And if, if it's a really, really good email, there might be a little something in it for you. I know Dirt earlier today was talking about maybe a box-to-box radio koozie or beer glass that we might Heck be yeah. able to send out to you guys. Um, we got to get a merch uh, link up on the website, too, here once we get it up and running. Maybe get you guys some box-to-box radio t-shirts. If it's super good, maybe even a job. That's how we got Trav, Trav on the show. Yeah, yeah. Travis <laughs> a day literally mailbagged his way into a position. Um, <laughs> So wow. so now he's our social media director uh, and occasional uh, fun-loving witty host in our MLS buff. So if you guys think you got what it takes, um, hit us up with a with a mailbag question or a mailbag comment because uh, that's as good as a resume in this industry for us. So um, I don't just want to hear you in passing say, "Hey, you're the podcast guy. Can I be on the show?" Um, you know, show me what you got, son. Like. This is a this is a trial. You can't just show up and say, "Hey, I'm the best in the world. I want to sign for your club." No, you got to show me on the field. Come on. So, uh, if, if you're interested, we're all ears, we're all eyes. We want to see what you got. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Uh, really, really excited about what we're doing here at Box Box Radio. Really, really excited for the upcoming starts of the seasons uh, and for MLS and NWSL action that's happening right now. Of course, guys. Uh, this comes out on Friday, and uh, something else happened on Friday is the AFCON final. So you guys don't forget to tune in to that. It'll be a good game. Of course, it's Algeria versus Senegal, uh, winner take all. So thank you guys for listening. We're excited with everything that's going on here. Uh, I'm Ben Mason Carmichael. We got Travis, PC, and Dirt. We love you, Austin. Good night. I can't stop hanging on.